Well, we want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. And if you're watching live or you're catching up at some other time, again, uh, welcome. We're glad you're a part. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and you can download both the message notes for today and also download our kids' activity sheet so that you can keep, if you have kids around you, you can keep them as an involved uh, while we're doing our message today. Um, if you're watching by YouTube, we would love it if you would subscribe. That allows us in the future uh, some benefits uh, if you would do that as well too. And then uh, we are tracking with you by social media, both Facebook Live and YouTube Live. If you would like to leave a prayer request, uh, a praise report, if you'd just like to say hello, good morning, you can do that as well and uh, we'll respond back to you. You know, this weekend, uh, we celebrate Memorial Day actually on Monday. And Memorial Day commemorates the men and women of our military that paid the ultimate price in sacrificing their life for our nation and for our freedoms. And so we, we're gonna take a minute and pray and remember them and remember the families. And even to those that are watching, if you have served in the military, you probably have known somebody who did, they gave the ultimate sacrifice to defend our freedoms. You know, we, uh, we are able to uh, broadcast today, read our Bibles aloud, freely pray because of the freedoms in our nation, because of those that have served and have fought for our freedoms. So let's take a minute before we get started today and let's pray for all of those families that this weekend is especially difficult to think of because of their loved ones. So Father, we we stop this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, for these men and women that in the middle of extreme battles, they knew exactly what they were signing up for and they went ahead anyways because they believed in the freedom of our nation and the freedoms that we have today. Father, we pray for all of their families and we pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be around them and surround them. And Father, we don't take it for granted. Our freedoms today are because somebody paid the price and our hearts today wanna be truly grateful for that sacrifice. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles or if you're going to connect on a Bible app on a phone or tablet, um, you can open to the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelations. In fact, let me do this for all of us. I would encourage everyone to sit down and to read Revelation chapter one through Revelation chapter three in one sitting. It's a, it's a fast read, but don't read it fast. So the title of my message, and you'll see it as you read Revelation one through three, is red letters. That's because when we read the red letters in the scripture, it's Jesus speaking. Whenever I've bought a new Bible, 
I specifically buy one that has the red letters. I love seeing and reading the words of Jesus in red. I take note of those things. And so uh, while you're doing that, you know, all of us have received a letter in the mail or a card in the mail. And I specifically remember the fun that we would have when our children would get a card from someone. In fact, I actually have one that I haven't um, mocked this thing up. It's a Christmas card of somebody in my house. And here's how the kids would open up their cards. They would open up a card and they would look to what falls out. Well, on this card, what fell out, you can't use it today. It's a Regal movie gift card. And it's also a Ruby's uh, gift card to eat. They would look at the gift cards that fell out. They would look for cash that fell out. And if it was a check, that didn't interest them at all. But we would have to tell them to stop, open your card, read what somebody wrote. They took the time to write this and to be thankful that they got you a gift. We all love those things. If you've noticed, even in your mail, a lot of the junk mail has stopped. People aren't advertising uh, like they do. But if you're receiving an, an, a very important letter or document, boy, you sure pay attention to the mail. You're the one that makes sure that you get it every evening to make sure to find what you need important because those letters are so important. You know, uh, in Revelations chapter one through three, Jesus is going to be speaking to seven churches. And yet reading these three chapters, you're going to get a picture of what is happening within these churches and not only what is happening within the church, you're going to get a picture at large at what is happening in the cities around them. If these believers of these seven churches that Jesus spoke to, in fact, this is even a word for us, would overcome in that situation, they would be able to overcome in all places and at all times. You know, the world system is still trying to overcome the church by persecution and internal compromises. But here's what we read even early on in Revelation. It's the risen, ascended, and returning Jesus that still walks today amongst the churches, encouraging, warning, and promising eternal rewards. You know, and let me say this. There is no perfect church. There won't be a perfect church until heaven. We as believers, we as church leaders, we're daily growing in Christ. We're humbling ourselves. We live dependent on his words and hearing his voice. So know that there's not a perfect church. And when we look at these churches, we should never point a finger we should always take that as a word to check our own hearts. So these, uh, this letter were Jesus's words that were given to John. John would write this down to make sure the churches received these letters specifically from Jesus. And let me mention a little bit about John. Now remember, John was the disciple of the Lord, one of the apostles. When we read in the scripture, he was probably the closest disciple to Jesus. 
he actually referred to himself in the gospel as the disciple that Jesus loved. In fact, he kind of did some odd things. When Jesus would rest back, we read that he'd kind of lay his head into Jesus's shoulder and he would connect with Jesus that way. He was so important to Jesus that on the cross, Jesus took time to address his mom, his mother Mary, and made sure that John would take care of his own mother. But now when we read about John, John is exiled on the island of Patmos. Now, this is not some Mediterranean resort where John is going to receive these messages at some cafe. No, you need to picture Alcatraz because John has been exiled. He's basically a prisoner. He's thrown on this rock. In fact, this prison area that the Romans used was to banish prisoner and force them into hard labor. And yet for John, when he's writing these things in AD 95 or 96, he's well up there in age. So he's probably not doing a lot of this forced, hard labor, but he's exiled. He's in a stony, hard place. But the thing that we're going to notice when we read uh, about John is John is praying. But there's also a theme as we read in the book of Revelation, and the theme is things and events that Jesus wants to himself communicate. Think about this just for a minute. In fact, I I did this as a devotional Wednesday night with our, our group. Jesus ascended into heaven before there was ever an organized church meeting. He never got to go to the very first church meeting. He passed on those responsibility to his apostles and to those others that we read about in Acts chapter 2, the 120. Yet here's what we know. Jesus is present. He is walking amongst his churches. He is aware about what is taking place amongst his churches, and he is speaking to his churches through his words about things and events, about being hungry and thirsty for his word. So let me start with Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. In fact, John's going to write this, and he's going to start it out this way. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it for the time is near. So he says, blessed are those who read and hear the words of these prophecies. So as you read today, Revelation chapter one through three, uh, John's letting you know, hey, blessed are you that read and you're listening to these words. Because as, as John receives this message, he's praying, it's referred to that he's in the spirit, And the message of Jesus to him, when John heard these words, the message the Bible says, as you read on, Jesus's voice sounded like a trumpet. Jesus was dressed as a priest. He looked like a judge. He was armed like a warrior. And we know he's represented in the scripture as prophet, priest, and king. He refers to the seven stars in his hand as the seven angels over these churches, 
And the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. And yet, now remember, the apostle that Jesus loved, the apostle that felt so at home with Jesus that he would lay his head in Jesus's chest when he heard Jesus's words, he fell at his feet as a dead man. There was that humbling of Jesus's words. Revelations chapter one, verse seven, John will write this again. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all of the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. He's coming on the clouds and every eye will see. Remember, things and events that must take place uh, before and after even Jesus comes. So let's pick up these red letters. And Jesus is going to announce himself to John to pass these on to the churches in Revelations chapter 1, verse 8. He starts with this in the red letters. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. He's the beginning and the end. And he picks this back up in verse 11 where he starts and Jesus says this again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. So write these down, John, send these words. This is, this is the red letters. Send them these messages. So let me stop and remind all of us as we read even these scriptures today, that though these were written to seven churches, it wasn't specifically for them with the period no more, no less. They were for us, in fact, we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, and the translation I want to read out of is the passage translation, and it says this, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. I love how it says this, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and leads you deeper into the path of godliness. From Genesis chapter one all the way to the end of Revelation, both men and women, their acts were told, they were captured, they were written down for all generations and for us today, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The scriptures were written, inspired by the Holy Spirit, we read this written by the Holy Spirit. Here's the part I love. By the breath of God. You know, when we read these scriptures, can we remember that? The very breath of God breathed life so that we have these verses, the scripture to read. If you remember the power of the breath of God was God breathed into a lifeless form of Adam. And the Bible says, in Genesis chapter two, that Adam became a living being. 
the breath of God, the written word of God. In fact, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, Solomon says it, and this is the passage translation as well, the spirit God breathed into man is like a living lamp, a shining light, searching into the innermost chamber of our being. I love that. The spirit God breathed into man, what is it? It's a living lamp, a shining light, searching. The power of us reading and putting the word of God in our heart is it searches all through us. It finds places to instruct and to correct. And so when we read about these seven churches, let me just highlight it really quick. Remember, these are churches. These are Jesus's words to churches. And so Jesus says to the church of Ephesians, you left your first love. Repent and do the first works. Or he was telling them, get back to me, your first love. To the church of Smyrna, you know, you can read, it's kind of like an ouch. They were persecuted. They have testing coming. But we know this, that anytime the gospel was persecuted, the gospel began to grow and to begin to spread. To the church of Pergamos, there was a martyr named Anticipus. And that was probably something that was hard for the church to bear. But the problem in that church where many false doctrines begin to be taught. So Jesus is correcting them about that. The church of Thyatira, how would you like that name? The, the community church of Thyatira. Uh, the immoral church, so read through that. Immorality inside the church. The church of Sardis is probably one of Jesus's words. He says, you're dead, you're a dead church. Boy, did they not know that they were dead? Jesus has a plan. You're dead. You think you got life, but you're dead. To the church of Philadelphia, and I love this, and this is part of my prayer today, that Jesus talks about open doors of ministry that he's opening up, the church of Philadelphia. And then lastly, this is probably the most familiar, even if people have never read through this, the church of the Laodiceans, where he says, I know your works, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold because if you're lukewarm, he uses those words, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. You know, uh, most people love hot coffee. Others loved iced coffee. But have you ever taken your coffee and you forgot and it's been lukewarm and you took a sip and you almost do that, it's almost... You spit it, almost spit it out. You'd rather it hot or you'd rather it cold. That's that one example. Now remember, the church was allowing things to leak in from the worldly system. These seven churches in a 50 mile radius inside of Turkey, they were allowing different doctrines, different customs. They were allowing immorality to come in and Jesus is wanting to set the plane. And as I opened before, there's no perfect church. But we always come to the Lord because he always corrects us and he always instructs us. But here's what's so powerful. Jesus can be worshiped in a stadium full of people. He can be worshiped in a church. He can be worshiped 
even today in your home or wherever you're watching, he can be worshiped in a prison. He can be worshiped wherever because we read that what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You know, I think many times we forget. I've heard stories and I, I try to remember this whenever we had service and when we had it today that the message that's being taught is only taught for an audience of one. Picturing not faces in front of you or people in front of you, but picture if Jesus sat in the back chair and he was listening to you preach his gospel. He was listening to you because you've studied. But remember this, even in your household, even if you have kids crawling around on the floor, even if you have dogs barking, doorbells ringing, whatever whatever distraction, if you're acknowledging Jesus, he's right there in the midst of you today. You know, 1 Peter, the, I know we don't have the verse on the screen, but 1 Peter let us know that, uh, that let, let's allow judgment to start in the house of God. Let's make sure that the house of God is cleaned up. Let's make sure that our lives are cleaned up. But if there was any verse that I think each of the seven churches heard, and again, I just rattled off a few things briefly of what was taking place in those church. All of the churches heard this word exactly the same. Revelations chapter three, verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. John receives this whole revelation because he's praying. The Bible says he's in the Spirit. The people that are going to hear this, we pray, heard this because their ear was attentive to the Lord and they would receive correction. Let all of us today have an ear to hear what he would say and listen to as the Spirit speaks to us and directs us. You know, I love when I read church history and we read about these first apostles. And remember, the apostles were the ones that would appoint pastors and evangelists and teachers. But listen to this really quick. They take this gospel of Jesus and they, they go to these places. It's carried early on to Russia, Turkey, Greece, Italy, Syria, India, North Africa, Asia Minor, Minor Persia, Ethiopia, Southern Arabia, Armenia, and that's just to name a few. If we were to look up all of those different countries and the way that they would have to travel, remember, it started off in Jerusalem, but when the persecution came, they carried the torch, they carried the gospel, and they carried these words, and they went into all of these different nations and people to preach the gospel. Here's what's so powerful is every one of these nations Jesus talked about of carrying this gospel to the world. And, and here's what's encouraging maybe for us today. If these early churches had issues, 
We all have issues as well. But it's by the word of God that we allow in our life that he speaks, he corrects, and he is the one that directs our steps. In fact, let me read 2 Timothy chapter 3.16 again out of the the, uh, Passion Translation. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Now listen to the end part. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you strength to take the right direction and to lead you deeper into the path of godliness. What does the word do when we, when we take it in our heart? Strength, direction, a deeper life in him, the path of godliness. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him first place. You know, as as we've been saying from the beginning, this is our 10th week live streaming. Would have never thought that, you know, maybe a week or two, but never a 10th week. But my prayer for you is that in these times, something has awakened on the inside of you. When I heard it announced that the casinos were opening, the bars were opening, uh, I, I pray for people that they don't just run back to what they were doing, that something has awakened in their life to respond to the voice of the Lord. So would you allow the scriptures to come into your heart. In fact, I wanna pray two things today, but I wanna pray first for all of us, that Father, we would allow, as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, the very word of God, the very breath of God, we would place it in our hearts and it would instruct and it would correct us. Nobody likes correction. Everyone likes praise, but Father, we humble ourselves to your instruction and your correction. You're building us up to make us complete, men and women of God, and we thank you that we will follow those steps that you give us. Something has awakened in us and has shaken us that we won't just pass aside as things get back to normal. No, we've grown. We've deepened ourselves. Our eyes see things differently in this time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And lastly, the last verse that I wanna put up, I love this verse in Revelations 3.10 because Jesus says this again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he to me. The picture of Jesus knocking on the door of your heart. And he says, if you'll hear my voice and open the door. Notice what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't kick the door of your heart in. He doesn't make you accept him. 
He gives you that opportunity to open the door. So I wanna pray this today. If you've never prayed that prayer, and would you allow that heart, what a great word picture, that your heart would open up to allow him to come in. And I'm gonna put this prayer on the screen. And I, I want you to pray this. In fact, we read in Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10 that if you will confess this with your heart and you'll believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Pray this with me, would you? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, and today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, we would love if you would reach out to us. You can do so uh, by social media or feel free to, to email us. And the email is info at hillschurcharcadia.org or just go to our website and you can email us on the contact part of the page. As uh, we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings, you know, when we heard the announcement by President Trump of him dedicating churches as essential, man, what a very powerful message. We know that it's essential. Yet when, when you hear about uh, what's been allowed to open and churches aren't, haven't been in included, but here's what we know. Persecution's always been in the church, but we're so grateful that we heard those words and we're so thankful that we heard those words that church is essential because it is. It has been and it forever will be, not because it's men's institution that was created, it was birthed by God. And you know who the head of the church still is today? It's Jesus. And so it's very important for him. So we thank you for uh, your support in these times. So I wanna have us read and then pray this prayer together. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10 says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know, the Old and New Testament refers to giving many times as a seed that we're planting seeds, allowing those seeds to grow. And then as we learn, there is a harvest. So as you give today, whether online or by mail, um, would you acknowledge that you're planting in God's kingdom, in his ministry, and God is very mindful of the very thing you do to cause blessing to come upon you. In fact, let's all pray, say, and confess this together today. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I believe that God desires to give me seed to sow to multiply his harvest. I believe that in God, all things are possible at any time and in any environment. By faith, I receive today all that God desires to release in and through my hands to extend his kingdom 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving online, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. If you click on the Give button, it's safe, fast, and secure. If you're mailing in your offerings, you can mail it to the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419. That's Arcadia, California, 91066. Hey, let me encourage you with this. couple final thoughts. Every Wednesday since uh, April 1st, we've been doing a Wednesday night gathering communion by Zoom. If you'd like to be a part of that because you're not in our email group, email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org to get you in on it. And we're just finishing up this week. We've been doing a 10-week marriage series that's been streamed online called Love and Respect. We hope to pick it back up to allow other couples to get in. And we've been doing uh, weekly Zoom small groups uh, as well. And then next Sunday, I'm excited about this. We're gonna start our summer series and I'm calling it Summer Stories, The Parables of Jesus. So stay tuned and we'll give you more information. Please know uh, that we're praying for you. Reach out to us. Be encouraged in these days. And as Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Lord bless you. Have a great Memorial Day weekend.